You're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. And Monty, do you hear about that lunar eclipse? I am setting my alarm right now. <laughs> Not going to miss that, particularly so with this cool. fine weather we've been having yes. now. Of course, we're, we're going to be, be in, in Victoria. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do they have fun? You're the weather girl. Do they have fun weather in Victoria for tomorrow? Yes, it was looking fine. Um, but I mean, I don't know. The section of Melbourne that we're in... Oh, man, I hope we can see it. I'm setting my alarm about 5.20. I'm going to get up because it's a, like a full blood moon eclipse. It's going to yeah. be a mess. Because <coughs> that's, oh. um, that's, uh, that's, that's a pretty late morning for you and I. I know. I wish I had a camera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so cool. Why are we going to be in Melbourne? <laughs> we are going to be there for our 10th birthday, Lyle. We're turning 10, aren't we, big? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it is Faith FM's 10th anniversary. We are having a party to celebrate and everybody is invited. You can yes, all please come, come and join us. Along with the Aussie yes. pastor, Lloyd Grolleman. Yes, Lloyd Grolleman. Lyle and I will be doing a live show there. Lloyd Grolleman and uh, the Aussie preacher will be uh, speaking as well. And then we'll be having uh, some gospel concerts and some Faith FM testimonies. And, of course, we'll be having a big uh, banquet, uh, uh, sport lunch, um, for which you can all bring a plate to share if you like. And uh, it's going to be a great day. It kicks off at 9.30. It's at the Nunawading Seventh-day Adventist Church, which is located at 169 Central Road, Nunawading in Victoria. There you go. Okay, so be there. We would love to see you there. We would love to meet you and hear your stories and hear about uh, your experience with Faith FM and come and give us any uh, ideas that you have, any criticisms you mm. might have, give us a hard time or yes. just um, just be there to thank God and praise God for everything that's done. Amen. Now, Mon, you've been working on this scarf all morning that you're going to um, give away as a prize. Yeah, I was doing made pretty on well. Air. And then um, you saw me unravel it all. You gave me the biggest... And it's like, like what on earth? Because <laughs> like, this is just like, I can't believe how quickly this thing's coming together. And the next minute, she pulls the whole thing apart, starts over. Yeah, so that's like, the beauty of earth? chunky wool is that you can actually um, make quite a lot of progress in a short period of time. The downside of chunky wool is that you will go through your, your ball of yarn a lot quicker. And so I'd gotten, I want to say, maybe about <laughs> halfway through one ball of yarn and then looked at how much I'd done and realized if I keep going at this width... It would be a short but fat scarf. And so I had to undo it and make it narrower so it can be longer and wrap all the way around the neck. Okay. Yeah, right. so that's what happened. I'm, I'm what's called a wabi-sabi crocheter, so I don't like doing that kind of like measuring perfection and blah, blah, blah. I just sort of wabi-sabi sort of, you know. It's like wing it. Wing it, exactly. Eyeball it. Exactly. Wabi-sabi is, a, is like a way of life. It's a, it's a yeah. Just eyeball it. Yeah, that's it. So that's, which how, does that's mean, how we do radio, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, a little really. more prep for the radio, but yeah, not nearly as much as what I do for my crochet projects. <laughs> okay, talking about prep, what have we got with our encounter with God today? Yes. What are we reading about? It's I think a two this... million movement, and yesterday you missed out on quite the study. We talked about the martyring of Stephen and how he was stoned and his last <laughs> moments there, and uh, and of course we introduced a new character from the Book of Acts, um, one that is just such a pivotal character in the Bible, uh, Saul, who did become Paul. And uh, we talked about how he was present at the stoning of Stephen. So this was the first Christian martyr. First Christian martyr. And on our interview section, if you missed it, we were talking with Etienne McClintock about voice of the martyrs and about people who are dying every day for their faith in Jesus Christ. That's right. The first of which was Stephen. And so since, well, I mean, since Jesus, uh, when Jesus was crucified, the first martyr since the crucifixion was Stephen. And, uh, And as people were stoning him, they were laying their garments um, at Saul's feet 
basically, I think it's kind of like a, hey, hey, can you hold my jacket while I go kill this guy kind of a thing, yeah. which makes him an accomplice. And he was quite a leader and he was uh, um, forefront in the persecution of the Christians. Oh, absolutely. It really comes to, the, uh, comes to the front of the verses we're about to read now. So let's go to Acts chapter 8 and let's read about what actually happens here in Acts chapter 8. We discussed. So, I just read these first four verses just to just to give us our context as we uh, launch into the rest of this passage. It's quite remarkable that Stephen, as he was being stoned, was praying for those who were stoning him, which included Saul. Yeah. And so, seeing the fruits of those <coughs> prayers. Imagine these two when they meet in heaven. I know. It's just gonna be Stephen's incredible. Like, oh, I prayed for this guy, and here he is. Weren't you chucking a stone at me the last time I saw you? Kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. All right, first four verses for us, please, Bob. Of Acts chapter... Eight. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he completely agreed with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Okay, thank you. We noted in Stephen's sermon that there was a pivotal pivotal a pivotal point mm-hmm. in that sermon where his language changed. Yeah. And he went from talking about our fathers to your our fathers. Ans- our ancestors mm-hmm. and suddenly he moved to no, your fathers. Yeah. Your ancestors. Mm-hmm. And at that particular point in fact what you've got is if you go back to chapter chapter uh <coughs> Chapter 7 and verse 51 is where you've got that pivot point in the sermon. Mm -hmm. So it's verse 51 where it goes from, you know, our fathers to your fathers. Mm -hmm. That is the point at which Stephen breaks away and says, no, um, this is now a different separate movement. Yeah. Now, this is very, very significant, particularly with what is about to take place in chapter Mm 8. Because up until this point, the gospel had gone exclusively to... The Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Now it had gone to Greek-speaking Jews, um, but it had not gone to the Gentiles. Okay, yep. And of course, the early Christians, you know, it was uh, it was seen as being a form of the um, Jewish religion, mm-hmm. a- an- another form of it, and they were they saw themselves as being Jews who were followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. They did not sell, see themselves as being a new and separate movement. But what you have here is a very much a new and separate movement that is being formed. This was all predicted in prophecy. Really? Yes. Really? 600 years before this happened, it was predicted. In fact, the very year this event took place was the date was given for it. Wow. Which makes it really, really amazing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, take you back to the book of Daniel. You all know I love Daniel and Revelation. These mm-hmm. are my favorite parts of the Bible. So I'm going to do some fairly familiar territory. And I'm going to give you a short Bible study showing what it is that is actually taking place here with Stephen's uh, sermon and then his death and then the aftermath of that death. So we'll go to Daniel chapter 9. <clears throat> and I keep flicking backwards and forwards past Daniel. Here it is, Daniel chapter 9. And we will go to, right here in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 25. Can you read that for us, please, Mon? Sure thing. 25, you said? Yep. Now listen and understand. Seven sets of seven 
plus 62 sets of seven will pass from the time the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until a ruler, the anointed one, comes. Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and strong defences despite the perilous times. Okay, so your your translation makes it a little bit more obscure. Let me read it from mine. Mm -hmm. Know therefore and understand that from... Okay, so you're getting a starting point here. Yeah. The going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem. So whenever the commandment goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, from that point forward, to Messiah the Prince, in other words, until Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. the Bible says there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. Okay. Is it fairly simple? Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's think about this for a moment. Uh, The Bible uses a lot of different names for Jesus. Mm -hmm. In fact, in the book of Daniel, the Bible calls Jesus the Son of God, Mm-hmm. the Son of Man, mm-hmm. and the Messiah. Okay. And there's always a specific reason as to why it uses each of these different names. Mm-hmm. It's just not randomly used. The word Messiah means the anointed one. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says there would be 69 weeks until the coming of the anointed one. Well, that's not much time, 69 Yeah, that's weeks. what... Uh, yeah, a year and a bit. <coughs> 483 days. Yeah, yeah. That's not, not that long. long. Except that yes. in Bible prophecy, yes. a day symbolizes a year. Okay, that's so a lot longer Now you time. have 483 years. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is you're giving us given a starting point right here. The Bible says from the commandment of the going forth, sorry, the, the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem to Messiah will be 483 years. Is this how people were able to calculate when Jesus was going to be born? Oh, absolutely. Not when they was able to, when it, not when he was going to be born. No, they could calculate the era in which he was going to be born. This gave them the date for when he would be anointed by the Holy Spirit oh, as Messiah. Okay. Yeah, so a slightly different date. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And that's why it's important we look at the actual wording of the passage Mm -hmm. because it says Messiah, not the Son of Man, not the Son of God, not Jesus, not Emmanuel, not any of those other names. It says Messiah. Because I have heard people say that this is the prophecy that the three wise men from the East studied and that's how they calculated the birth of Jesus or something like that. Oh, absolutely. Mm. I think that uh, there's every possibility that they were studying this prophecy and they recognized that, okay, we are now in the era in which the Messiah must be born Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, because we're about, what, 30 years short of... Uh, this particular date right here. And so um, when you get a combination of prophecies that were all given, by the way, in Persia. Oh. Because they were following the prophecy of the star that would rise out of David. Mm-hmm. And they recognized the star. They follow the star. And that was a prophecy given by Balaam. Oh. And Balaam was from Mesopotamia, in other words, Persia, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that region of the world. And of course, then you combine that with the prophecy of Daniel. You've got the you've got a star appearing in the right place. It is shining over Israel at the right time. Now you're starting to get a triangulation taking place, where you can see a fulfilment of the prophecy. But even still, it's only giving you you know the era. It's like if he's going to be the Messiah, then you know most people, most young men, really reach their maturity around. You know, the age of 30, and it's 30 years away from when um, 
this one will be fulfilled. So this seems to be a logical conclusion that he should be being born about now. It must have been so exciting to be back then and just oh, yeah. Yeah, figuring that out. Like how exciting. I mean, we have the excitement of looking forward to the second coming, but nobody knows exactly when. But to be able to pinpoint, you know, the so first much coming, you could, you, could, you could pinpoint it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. much closer. Anyway. So, if you go 483 years from the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, which was made in 457 BC, and we know that is accurate because during the reign of the Persian kings, who kept very accurate chronologies, um, they also kept chronologies of everything that happened in the night sky. You know, eclipses like we're having tomorrow, those kind of events, Mm -hmm. um, observations. And, of course, that's an exact science, so we can confirm these dates exactly, you know, often to the day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (coughs) And... uh, and so we're able to confirm that, yes, this was 457 BC. It brings you to the year AD 27, which was the exact same year that Jesus died as, sorry, that Jesus was baptized by the Holy Spirit as the Messiah. Okay. Right on time. That, yeah, that's great. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. However, mm. within this prophecy, we've just read about 69 weeks. Okay. There was actually 70. So we've now oh. got one, one week left. Uh-huh. How many days in the week? Seven. What does a day symbolize? A year, so it's seven years. Seven, so we've got seven years left. Uh-huh. Okay, and if you go back to verse 24, it says this. Seventy weeks, so we had 69, 70 weeks are cut off for your people. Who was Daniel's people? The, the Israelites, right? Yeah, the, Jews. the Jewish people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you got... 490 years, 70 weeks, 70 times 7, 490 days uh, or years is cut off for Daniel's people. What, what, does that, what does that mean, cut off? It's a probationary time. Okay. Because it goes on to say, you know, this is what you're supposed to do during mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. Um, to finish transgression, make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness. In other words, get your act together with God. Like a, like a you know, this is your last call kind of a thing. Yeah, you got 490 years to get it, to get it together. And we'll give you a special warning in the last seven. Exactly. That's, that's, exactly a, that's very merciful. Really. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It also says here to um, make a reconciliation for iniquity and bring in everlasting righteousness. Who made reconciliation for iniquity? Jesus, God. When did he do that? When he was crucified. Exactly. So we know that the crucifixion is going to take place within this period of the 70 weeks. There's no reason why the disciples should have been so surprised that Jesus got crucified, really. Not really, no. Yeah. Um, they just—it's very difficult to can break just, free from traditions that you've grown up with. Can I just ask a question? Mm-hmm. So, if they had all this information back then, right, mm-hmm. and uh, and they could have calculated, you know, round about when he was going to be born, exactly when he would be anointed, baptized, and also when he was going to be cut off, like crucified, so to speak. Yeah, the magi could figure it out. How <coughs> come none of them seemed to know? How come it was such a surprise to everyone? It was everybody in like such the magi an enormous... turned up in Jerusalem, and and, the, and yeah. the priests got like super suspicious and jealous and upset and bent out of shape because. Was like nobody studying their Bible. Were they all like in a state of Laodicea? Yeah, a was little it? bit like we are right now. Mm. You listened to Etienne's interview a little bit earlier on from Voice of the Martyrs, and there is a very, very different world out there. It's true. You know, be prepared to witness for Jesus, be prepared to travel for Jesus, be prepared to die for Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we don't have to be prepared for that in this country. <clears throat> okay, so we need to find out what happens with this last week. If we go down to verse 27, the Bible says, And he, that's Jesus, the Messiah, will confirm the covenant, the everlasting covenant, that's the only one you find in the Bible, with many for one week. And in the middle of the week, 
He will bring an end to the sacrifice and the oblation. We talked about this in question time the other day. So in the middle of the week, the sacrifice is coming to an end. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is anointed at the age of 30. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is in 27 AD because, of of course, Jesus was born in 4 BC. Yep. Okay, because when they calculated BC, they measured it up. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. they, they got it wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was, I think it was Bede, an 11th century monk who came up with that BC concept. but Somewhere there. Yeah. So, Jesus was born in 4 BC, was anointed by the Holy Spirit in 27 AD, exactly 483 years after the Bible said you know, the Bible said that the Messiah would appear. He appears as the Messiah. That leaves seven years from his anointing uh-huh. to this. The Bible says in the middle of those last seven years, he will bring an end to the sacrifice. Ooh. When Jesus died on the cross, uh-huh. what happened in the temple? Well, the, the curtain was ripped from top to bottom. The curtain was ripped to top, yeah. top to bottom. And that was the end of the sacrifices, that, really. That was, Jesus was, God was very, very clearly proclaiming the end of the sacrifices, the ceremonies, the feasts, etc. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so it's come to an end. But there's another three and a half years here, isn't there? Yeah. That's unaccounted for. Yeah, that's only mid, mid-week, mid-seven yeah, 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 years. Yeah. What, what happens with that last three and a half years? And this is where Acts chapter 7 and 8 becomes so amazing and important. Because for the next three and a half years, do you know what? The gospel only goes to the Jewish people. Okay. It does not go outside the Jewish nation. So it's basically still fulfilling that sort of probationary seven years. 490 years are cut off for your people. Mm-hmm. Okay, the implication is that when that 490 years comes to an end, which is going to end in 34 AD, that then the gospel is going to go to the whole world. It's going to go to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And what you find happening is in 34 AD, you find Stephen is stoned to death as a martyr. In his sermon, all the way through, Stephen is emphasizing, you know, our fathers did this, our fathers did that, our fathers did something else. Then he reaches a point where he recognizes this is his last sermon. They are going to stone him. And he turns around and he says, your fathers. He separates himself. And at that particular point, this prophecy of Daniel came to an end. This was a pivoting point in history. In history, essentially, you only have three churches. Mm Mm-hmm. You have the antediluvian church, which really stretches through to Abraham. You have the Israelite church, which stretches through until this particular point. And then you have the Christian church. Mm-hmm. And this is the introduction of the Christian church. Jesus had said, begin at Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, and then the uttermost part of the earth. So far, they have preached in Jerusalem, they have preached in Judea, and only Jewish people have given their lives to God. They haven't even seen the concept of taking it to the Gentiles. But now we've reached that, that tipping point and the pivot you know, has tipped over the tipping point. Now the Christian church is being formed. The Jewish people is no longer God's church. The Christian church is now God's church. And as a result of that, we're going to find that the gospel is going to go to the whole world very quickly and very suddenly. And the interesting thing is that Paul, who's called Saul, is the originator of it. 
He's called as a missionary to the Gentiles. He begins as a missionary to the Gentiles in a way that you really would not expect. So the stoning of Stephen was way more cataclysmic than we this ever was imagined. So significant. Wow. I've heard of a land on a far away
You are listening to the Church Sisters with Where We'll Never Grow Old here on Faith FM. And as we mentioned earlier, Mon is building a scarf or knitting a scarf, crocheting a scarf. I'll get the I'll get the language building. right here in a minute. Yeah, building it. <laughs> <coughs> She's crocheted, crocheting a crocheting. scarf. Crocheting. <laughs> this is getting better and better. <laughs> crocheting. Okay. That's right. our new word for the week. Okay. It's it's live. It's live radio and I'm not well and it's Friday and it's the end of the week and these are all my excuses, Jesus okay? Excuses. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you want to see this scarf being made mm-hmm. live Right now, go to our Instagram. We are live streaming the building, the crocheting, whatever you call it, of this scarf. And you can check it out there. It'll be up for the next 24 hours. But it's coming along quite nicely, isn't it? Yeah. Go, go to our Instagram live feed right now, um, Faith FM Live. And you'll be able to – you're going to be like finished that by the end of this show. Nah, I reckon it's like another two shows before I'm done. I can't believe how quickly that's come together, seeing it's been made and then unmade and now being made again. Yeah, yep. That's the beauty of this rule. So, yeah, but yeah, jump across onto Instagram and watch us. We're also going to just live stream the rest of our Bible study. So, yeah, join in. And, uh, of course, if you would like to win it, the opportunity will be coming up in the next few days, early next week. Mm -hmm. So, make sure that you jump on there now, check it all out. Have a squeeze and then see if you can be the lucky winner of a scarf made right here. On Multi- air. T- multitasked on air. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so Mon, um, quiz, clue for? Yes, what city am I? This is a um, tough one. It I is got it on a, the it first one, but the, one. Next, the next clues I would not have got it from. I don't think I would have gotten it so far. Uh, have we talked about the, the fighting contest with the yes. soldiers? Okay, so the next clue is for this what city am I quiz, Joshua commanded the sun to stay still. Over this city. Ooh, mm. and the moon to stay still in the Valley of Agilon. Yes. I always wonder where the Valley of Agilon is. Is that like where the moon goes? I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the moon the tomorrow, though. So. Yep. <laughs> Give us a call if you know the answer to the quiz. The number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. If you get it right, of course, we'll send you the prize. Or text us on 0491 or even messages on any of our um, social medias. And, of course, check out our live feed happening right live right now on Instagram, Faith FM Live on Instagram, where you can check out Mon as she's making this amazing scarf. Okay, so let's go to, where are we going to? Acts chapter 8. We have noted that Stephen preaches this sermon, and this sermon is pivotal in the history of, of God's people. Mm-hmm. We have now moved from the Jewish nation being God's church to the Christian church being God's church. And it takes place in Stephen's sermon. And so now has come the time for the gospel to go to the Gentiles. And I think it's kind of funny that that Saul is trying to stop it from spreading and all he's really doing is making the problem worse. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. He, he becomes the great missionary to the Gentiles, but yeah. he starts out being a missionary to the Gentiles as a persecutor. Because he sends them all, you know, he, you know, he exiles sends them all. Them all. Yep. <laughs> sends them all to exile, and while they're there, they just start spreading the news. That's it. That's it. Okay, but notice what happens. We read verse 4. Notice what happens in verse 5. Mm-hmm. Chapter 8, verse 5. <clears throat> yes. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. So Philip is one of the deacons. Mm -hmm. He has fled from Jerusalem for his life. Mm -hmm. He's gone to Samaria, and what's he doing there? He's telling the people about the the good news, about the Messiah. what nationality are these? 
in Samaria, the Samaritans. Exactly. Oh, we might, might call Palestinians today. Oh, is that what they So are? for the very first time, the gospel has now gone outside the Jewish nation. So the moment that Stephen is stoned, persecution breaks out, stoned to death that is. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes uh, yeah, I used to give Bible studies about the stoning of Stephen, mm-hmm. Stephen being stoned. And I was giving this Bible study one time and I realized that I needed to clarify it because there was this guy I was studying with he was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, why, why was Stephen taking drugs? Oh, no. Just, like, yeah, not that kind of stone. This means they picked up rocks and threw them at him until he died. Yeah, it's terrible. It's like, yeah, very much a, a, a way of killing or murdering someone. Although back yeah. then it was like a, a way of um, passing judgment, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And it would, it would typically be a fairly quick way to die because they would usually throw you off a cliff first. Okay. A small cliff. I thought they had a... And then drop large rocks on you rather than stand back and peg small ones. I thought they had a rule that the first stone had to kill you and then if it didn't, they weren't let it continue or something like that. I'm not familiar with that one. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, they would, they would you know, heft very, very large and heavy. They, they would tie your hands and feet, throw you off a cliff and then heft very large rocks down on top of you. Oh, goodness me. Yeah. What a way to go. So it would be, um, yeah, a really terrible thing mm-hmm. to happen. And um, yeah. You wonder how it was that Paul actually survived the stoning one time. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, that was a miracle there. Anyway, moving on, mm-hmm. we find that right on time, just as the Bible predicted, mm-hmm. 490 years previous to this, the gospel goes to the Gentiles for the very first time. you got to love how the Bible works, eh? It's, it's incredible. And, and God is not a God of, you know, eras or uh, maybes. He is a God of exactitude. When he gives a prophecy, it is exactly fulfilled. And when he gives a time prophecy, it is exactly fulfilled in every detail. It's like it's like looking at the face of a clock, one of those little old pocket watches, and then you actually open it up, and inside you see all the cogs and everything spinning in perfect, perfect unison. Yeah, it's just like that. <clears throat> and so the prophecy of Daniel 9 gives you the exact year that the Messiah would appear. It gives you the exact year that Jesus would die. And it gives you the exact year that the gospel would go to the Gentiles. It's incredible. It actually also gives you the exact year that the um, city of Jerusalem would be completely rebuilt. What's the name of this prophecy if you want to study out a bit more? Daniel 9, verse 24 through 27. It's quite the 70-week prophecy. 70-week prophecy. Yeah, it's a fantastic prophecy. Anyway, so here we have the gospel going to the Gentiles. Let's read some more verses. Uh, let's yeah, just, just continue on from where you were there, Mon. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed for lame or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. A man named Simon, who had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone for the least the greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time he was astounding them with his magic. But now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many women and men were baptized, and Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. There you go. Well, it um, it certainly is a uh, a remarkable event that is taking here. With when you look at you know 
even this Simon the Sorcerer. Mm. He becomes a bit of a problem character both in history and in the Bible. Oh, really? Yeah, because he decides that he wants to have the power that the disciples have to do miracles because he sees that and he's like, yeah, you know, I could, I could add this to my box of tricks right here. Yeah. And... Um, <coughs> Doesn't realize it's not really tricks. He's like, yeah, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to... Um, ooh. Are you trying to insta-story us? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm live feeding Lyle, you. I can multitask. You not so much. Maybe you should focus on this. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible at multitasking. I thought I can multitask here and then it's just like, <laughs> start the feedback and carry on. Um, but he decides that he can buy the power of the Holy Spirit with money. He's like, yeah, I'll buy this. Mm-mm. You can't buy that. And I think, you know, probably in his box of tricks, he'd bought a lot of tricks in the past mm-hmm. um, as a sorcerer and as a magician. And you, you, you see somebody else that does something, it's like, okay, I'll pay you for it. But you cannot buy the Holy Spirit. And that's a lesson that we all need to learn. The Holy Spirit is given as we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ. Let's do that today. As we listen to Don Moen, I just want to be where you are. I just want to be, 
Watermark with Captivate Us here on Faith FM. We've come to the oh, we've still got the quiz going. Yes, nobody's got one called up final on yet. Clue. I told you it was a hard one. Wow. I told you I was not being nice about it today. The last clue: What city am I? <laughs> the men of this city dressed up in worn-out shoes and clothes to deceive Joshua and the Israelites into making a treaty with them. And its name begins with the letter G. Okay, so I get it from the last clue and the first clue. The other ones in between, I would not have got it from. Um, but even that last clue is is uh, you know beginning with the letter G. Mm-hmm. Not so simple. Yeah, yeah, not it's so not simple. They were options. Carriers of water and hewers of wood came from that city. It is time for our question of the day. Of course, if you have a question, you can always call us. The number is 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Today's question has come in. It's already been posted up on socials since yesterday. Who are the Gentiles? Okay, so this is an interesting word. We often talk about it, and we're particularly talking about the gospel going to the Gentiles today and Paul being a missionary to the Gentiles. What does this? Where does this word actually come from, or what does it mean? Yeah. Well, it comes from the word gen. 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 Mm-hmm. Like generation. Thing? Generation, genealogy, genetics, genome, genus, etc. Were the Gentiles just really gentle people? Uh, no. <laughs> it doesn't mean gentle. It simply means a tribe or nation. Oh, okay. Or tribes or nations. Okay. It's a Latin word mm-hmm. uh, that is used in the English uh, Bibles to designate all those tribes or nations that were not Jewish or Israelite. So it's like the Gentiles. Anyone outside of Israel. Like a collective term meaning non-Jew. Collective term meaning meaning non-Jew. It's translated from the Hebrew or the the, the Greek word ethne. Mm -hmm. Guess what we have coming from that word? Uh, Ethnic. Ethnic, yeah. Okay, so if you are ethnic, you are not a part of my particular Mm -hmm. tribe, Mm -hmm. clan, nation, uh, Mm -hmm. etc. Or the Hebrew word goyim. Ah. 
okay. And so, uh, you know, the goyim are the, the Gentiles. And the word goyim today is sometimes used in the um, to, to, to refer to the non-initiated. Oh, okay. Uh, of course, if you're part of Israel, you were circumcised and initiated into the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you were not, then you were goyim. Okay, so hang on. So that means I'm a Gentile, right? Absolutely. But aren't I a spiritual Jew? Aha. Uh-huh. This is a very good question that you raise right here because you're a Gentile. Mm-hmm. I'm a Gentile. I think probably most of the people in this building are Gentiles. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of Christians are Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Having said that, there's every likelihood that you being German have got a bit of Jewish blood there somewhere. Hang on. Does that mean if a person... A lot can, of Jews used to live in Germany. If a person converts to Judaism, can they still not really be a Jew? They're always going to be a Gentile? No. Okay. <coughs> no, if a person can, converts to Judaism and for a man you know, um, undergoes circumcision and initiation into the Jewish religion, he ceases to be a Gentile and now he is a Jew. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's what the Bible refers to as a proselyte. Oh, okay. So proselyte is somebody that you convert. And the Bible speaks about a number of proselytes. Mm-hmm. Um, this was not an uncommon thing. We can think of Cornelius, for instance, who was a devout person and who served God with his whole heart. Um, he was an Italian. Mm-hmm. And so a um, little, little different from a Roman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was, he was somebody who was clearly a Gentile. But a proselyte is still different. But somebody who had become a servant of God. A proselyte is still different from a spiritual Jew, right? Okay, so in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 and 29, the Bible says, and this is Paul speaking, who was the great apostle to the Gentiles, the, non, the non-Jews. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Mm-hmm, absolutely. It goes on and it says, And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, and, cop this, you are heirs according to the promise. Oh. So what Paul is establishing here is the promises that were given to Abraham and to his descendants now belong to you as a Christian who has given his life or given your life to Jesus Christ. So I get to partake of the Jewish promises because I'm a spiritual Jew now. Absolutely. The Bible says that you are grafted in, in one place. Adopted um, is another word that Paul uses and made a part of the nation of spiritual Israel. So I'm a Gentile and a Jew. Woo. There you go. Thanks very much for the question, Lyle. Of course, if you have a question, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number. We love fielding your questions. This is Michael Yazazi with I Believe. A flower grows And I believe that somewhere In the darkest night A candle glows I believe for everyone Who goes astray
That was Michael Yazazi and Martha Barlow here on Faith FM. And we have now come part of, to that part of the day where we get to give something away for free. And I've just been looking at this scarf that has been just evolving before my eyes. I now believe in Isn't it creation. a thing of beauty? It is. It's like 800 millimeters long already. Yeah, it's quite long. Yeah, yeah. How long are you going to make it? I'm going to make it as long as the ball of wool lasts. Um, I'm going to save a little bit it's at the end. It's going to be like enormously long. No, no, no. I'm going to save a bit at the end of the wool to uh, make tassels. To make like a fringe on the end, it's going to be really nice. Look at that. Fatty. Is that your second ball of all? That's the second ball. I've already started the so, second. Okay, ball so you're going to be double the length that it is now. Not quite double because I've already started from here. I'm not okay. going to use all the yarn. So, okay, so it's maybe about, about up so to here, I reckon. About fifteen hundred millimeters long. Yeah, yeah, like a meter and a half. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, awesome. With, with tassels. Meter and a half with tassels, and it's blue and purple and just very. It's mostly blue. Yeah, it's mostly very, mostly very dark blue. So it's a um, electric blue. It's a color that anyone can wear. Yes, indeed. That's why I chose it because it was uh, good for any anyone really, men, women, and child. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's like thick. It's nice and, thick warm. and warm. It's warm and cozy. You I just, want one. I want I know, one. I know. I'm going to stay home and then I'm going to call in and I'm going to win it. I'm going <laughs> to have another. I'm going to be sick again next week. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I see how this is going. I'm going to be sick again next week. I'm sure there's a bu- another one, another bug coming my way. And it's just gonna, it's just gonna flatten me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and you uh, got to call in using a <laughs> fake name and a fake voice. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, my voice already sounds a little bit fake because of this rotten <laughs> bug. But speaking of calling in and getting stuff, you can call in right now. Be the first person to call us one eight hundred Faith FM, and you can get a copy of Dennis Smith's Ten Days of Prayers and Devotions to Experience the Baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is a wonderful book. It has a chapter per day, just a short chapter, taking you through a journey where you can indeed grow closer to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491064669. When I feel alone not really alone When I feel dismayed He says don't be afraid When the world around me changes Like the shifting sands His word still stands I'm in good hands When the nights are long He sees me through it hurts, he says, I've been there too. I like to think that I don't worry, but I sometimes do. Oh, he never fails to see me through. I know I'm in good. 
shall not need to fight in this battle, O oh, Judah.